Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready? Hardwick. Dominate every play. I need you. And Richards. Let's work for my conduct. Choreographed demonstration. Corey Graham demonstration. This is George Bush. Weapons of mass destruction. Corey Graham celebration. You should have seen him. He almost had his pants down. I had to throw a flag. That's just what we do. <laughs> I mean, you can't take your pants off in the National Football League game. It's time to go. Let's go. I'm always down for something new. Now, here's Nick and Judson. And coming up at 7.30, Judd and I are going to continue our NFL preview, working around the divisions. Next up, AFC East. Hey, big spoiler alert here, folks. AFC East, you can guess who we both picked. And if you didn't pick the Pats, well. Well, <laughs> you're, he's a big Adam Stay Gase fan. I know. Loves him some Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill. They won 10 games last year. Yeah, don't count on it again. I'd forgotten that. I would not count on that again from the Dolphins. Well, maybe I will. You're going to. Arash Markazi going to come join us at 7.15 right around the corner. Our buddy who is literally everywhere. UFC, Chargers camp, Rams camp. But first, hit that button. One big question. Big turnout, 5,000 at Chargers training camp at Jack Hemet Field yesterday. What do you make of the large turnout at Chargers training camp? There's people on both sides of this thing. There's snarkies. There's people who are like, well, we'll see how that lasts in two weeks. And there's people who are like, present. See, they're right. <laughs> see, there are fans right. there. And it's both sides of the equation. What do you make of it? Well, number one, isn't this one of the reasons why you move to a larger market? Isn't this one of the reasons why you're at a larger market? Larger market means what? More people. More people means more wallets. That's a little bit what it comes down to. So when I looked up the 2010 consensus of Orange County, and it's the sixth largest county in our country, this is why people move to Orange County or move to Los Angeles from a business standpoint. Did they not have a more updated one than 2010? That's what I found on Wikipedia. Jesus. I did spend a lot of time. It's almost a decade ago. I know. So they could be at 9 million people now with seven years, who knows how many people have moved to Orange County. But my initial thought was, and and, and, and 570-1360, what do you make of the turnout of 5,000 people? Uh, it did seem to have a lot of energy. Did you go? I, I think that's a question we definitely need to ask. I Not did you. Go. I don't oh. care about you. 570-1360, were you there? Were you in attendance? You pretty much have to. What go. do you make of it? What do you make of it? What right. do you, how, do, how does it all sit with you? And if you did make the drive up and you felt the energy, was it somewhat easier having to leave San Diego going to your team? Again, take training camps all around the country. People drive to go to these training camps, just like people drive to games. It's not far-fetched to drive 80 miles, 100 miles to go follow your favorite team. However, this was somewhat historic. Yeah, well, because it's the first one after years. a relocation. Yeah. I know in Indianapolis, the training camp is at Anderson University, about an hour and a half outside of the city. So people have to drive all over the place. And it's not very convenient because it's on the northeast side of the city, and it's out of the way for a lot of folks there. So if you're going to go to training camp and they always get big turnouts, 
People are driving. That's just what they do. That's what they've known. They grow accustomed to that. I will say this about training camp. To me, it was energizing. It was energizing being off location, to be somewhere, as we call it, remote. Being remote away from the facility. I think you can get logged down into these ruts as an organization. If you're always doing it at the same place, at the same time, it has the same fields, throwing the exact same party, the same people show up to it, asking for the same autographs. And I think it ultimately it just continues throughout the season where it's like, well, we've had six weeks of training camp here. We had nine weeks of off-season conditioning here at the facility. And you get into these real lulls where it just, okay, there's no, now it's the regular season. Now it's time to pick it up. Or here's training camp. Here's what this means. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sweaty. We're going to be working. Let's grind on one another. Let's get the most out of this situation. And then we'll go to work. And when work comes, then the urgency picks back up because you physically are in a different location, which shifts your mind. It's like walking through a door. You are literally walking through a new door going, it's time for the season to begin. It's time for my mind to get thinking in a different way rather than just falling into the regular pattern. I think this the move has a chance to help them because I think, one, the team's got to compete like crazy just to hear their, have their voice heard. And I think off campus, off from where they are at over on Susan Street to come into Orange Coast College, I think that has a chance to give them a little bit of life as well. You know, that that's an interesting dynamic you just discussed because there were far more creative out there at, at training camp when it came to the fans. They didn't necessarily have the room to do it here at Chargers Park, but I don't I don't think that they were brainstorming to do it either. But it is about being more competitive. They will have to, I hate to say, but they will have to fight for Los Angeles. But if you look at someone like the Green Bay Packers, I mean, the, the, the Packers aren't fighting for popularity in Wisconsin or in the town of Green Bay. They are it. They are Green Bay. Right. They, they don't need a motivator. The Chargers really were San Diego, especially if the Padres aren't being competitive. But the organization in itself, they felt flat. I mean, we can quote people where the Chargers have been talking about, we may be moving to Los Angeles, let's not buy that scoreboard, back in 2005. Right. So you can see how it's affected the organization. Just and status now quo. Status quo. It's just exactly. status quo, being comfortable where you're at. Everybody's Complacent. Everybody's coming to you. You're not having to go out and knock on doors and take donuts and go, hey, can we get a meeting with our sales team? We'd really like to talk about how we can offer you good marketability. That's what they're having to do now. They're really having to go out and go door to door and start a campaign is what they're doing. So when it comes to training camp, you got to expect the party to be bigger because all eyes are going to be scrutinizing. How are they performing from a business standpoint? This is the first look that you get to go. How's their business operations performing? And then, you know, that trickles down to the team. I always think you can look at the team independent if you want to, but it's everything. You've got to take in all parties. Everybody's got to be rowing in the exact same direction. If you're going to have any success, right? Uh, and, and, to say it was a win yesterday, it, it, it was a win. But more importantly, from, from my standpoint, because, again, the, the Chargers, this was a 30-40 year play. Not necessarily, can they get popular, can they take over L.A. in one year? No, this is about 30 years in the Los Angeles market. To me, more importantly, is what did Anthony Lynn look like? Like, can Anthony Lynn run an organization? 
Because if your head coach has the ability to do so, then you have a chance to win. And as we continue to say, you will not be popular until you win. 5,000 people showing up day one in training camp because you relocated a franchise does not make me go, look out Los Angeles Dodgers and Los Angeles Lakers. This is about 30 years, how they can compete and do something there. Dan Wykey has a great point about Anthony Lynn that he noticed yesterday. Dan Wykey, LA Times, he's going to join us at 8.15. He's also probably going to clean up some of the uh, Adam Schefter maybe misquoting coming up at 8.15. Certainly. So, we got a Rosh Merkazi coming up in five minutes. They did win yesterday. And you know why they won? Because they got the people out of their seats that maybe hate watching. They didn't give them what they were looking for. They gave them the other side of things. They gave them, oh, 5,000 people. How many were paid? They gave them the the snark that comes from people who were hate-watching. They didn't give them the, see, this organization's incompetent. See, this organization couldn't do it. They gave them the, yeah, we'll see what it's like in two weeks. That's the There's the delay that happens from the hate-watchers now that they see this success day one. It's the people that are like, oh, yeah, well, well we're going to see what happens. That's... Well, but that's kind of what I'm doing. Right. It's like delaying la- the laughing moment. Well, can't, I think can't we use the Rams as an example? I mean, the, I think the Rams-Cowboys had 100,000 people virtually show up at the Coliseum for a preseason game. And if you look towards Against the, end the Cowboys. The, towards the Cowboys, right. But if you look at the end of the season for the Rams, it may have been the worst venue in all of the NFL. Right. But they had this kind of glitz and glare from the jump. So I'm not ready to say, well, 5,000 people means that that they've won. They've sold people on it because we're not really going to know until they move into a real NFL stadium because they're going to be in a cozy little venue where they have no problem getting 27,000 because it may be another fan base that's buying tickets too. The thing is, there's never going to be a win. They're never going to be able to go, ah, we won. Ah, we did it, guys. All right, everyone just chill now. We made it. It's never going to be like that. Like here in San Diego. That's not football. That's not That's not what you can do in football, in the game of football. And, and yeah, the difference between San Diego and Los Angeles, if they want their voice heard, if they want sponsorship dollars, which is ultimately why you moved to Los sure. Angeles, it's for the sponsorship dollars. If you want those, you've got to be competing daily. In football, you don't just have a win and sit back and go, well, we did it, boys. 2-0. Good year. That was a lot of fun. You have one <laughs> win. You have one win, and then you're reaffirmed that you're moving in the right direction, and then you go get another win, and then you're reaffirmed that you're moving in the right direction. Then you suffer a loss, and you go, crap, what do we need to do? That's why football is the best. It's the most urgent sport there is. Every single week is do or die. You live and you die on that. When you go on a three-game stretch, look out now, Super Bowl champions. One-game loss. What is wrong with this ball club? So this was just a good win. It was just they won the day. They're not winning L.A. Right. You're never going to win L.A. It's just not – that's not possible. It's going to be a consistent fight for as long as that organization is alive. It's going to be a day-after-day day hustle and grind. And I think getting new life into the system, not saying the old folks didn't do a good job, but they've got new minds thinking in a different way. And I think that infuses a little bit of energy into the product. And I I, think that's going to help. I thought the Kobe Bryant thing was pretty cool. Somebody landed Kobe. Yeah. Somebody up there had the clout to be able to get Kobe Bryant to come talk to the team. And like Scrapey was telling me before the show, he's like, how much do you think they paid Kobe? I was like, Kobe didn't get paid for that. Kobe came for free. 
Whoa, what? I'm sure he came for free. Wait, you're sure? I'm sure. Probably doesn't do anything for free. Because I thought the same thing. I'm sure he came for free. Well, unless there's somebody who knows him. He lives in Newport. I think our next guest actually is like really, really close with Kobe. He's boys with him. Let's bring him on. Arash Markazi. Arash, what's happening, pal? What's up? How are you guys? We're doing great this morning. Did the Chargers have to pay Kobe Bryant to come speak to the team? No, that was a Josh Ruprecht favor. That's 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 the good thing about hiring a former Lakers PR guy and uh, a quick pipeline to the Lakers. So I don't know who else might show up at Chargers camp at some point, but that was a nice a nice favor for his old friend Josh. What was the takeaway from being able to land a big fish like Kobe Bryant? Well, I, mean, I think it just shows sort of like this team is a lot, at least from a PR standpoint, more connected to Los Angeles than the Los Angeles Rams are. I mean, they just basically brought that staff from St. Louis. I mean, so, so getting a guy like Kobe Bryant, who is a transcendent superstar, who was able to come in and really be like very open and modest. I was talking to some people about what he said. I mean, he talked about a lot of things. I mean, he did not hold anything back. And so having that conversation with Kobe, and I did see on Twitter, I mean, I think there were a lot of fans who were like, okay, I mean, they brought in Kobe Bryant, so maybe they have some idea of what it will take to succeed in Los Angeles. I mean, listen, this is going to be a long process, but that was a huge move, I think. Well, I, I believe at first they wanted LeVar Ball, but LeVar was busy, <laughs> right. uh, say, so they settled for Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Arash, you took in Rams and Chargers camp. Let, let, let's begin with the Chargers. What was your surprise, or maybe it matched your expectations? 5,000 people showed up for day one. I mean, I guess I was just surprised at the crowd. I was surprised, you know, in talking to some of the fans that a lot of them were, you know, local, that they were just kind of happy to see the Chargers practice. And, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really come in with expectations. I did not expect a crowd of that size. And, and, and so that kind of led me to believe, okay, so maybe this might thing might not be a total disaster, right? I mean, I, I, I definitely think there is definitely a feeling of, who cares about the Chargers right now in Los Angeles? You know, when you're driving around, when you're listening to sports talk here in Los Angeles, I mean, they're not a team that's talked about a lot. But they have a strong fan base. I mean, that's not uncommon. I mean, no one talks about the Kings hockey team, for example, but they do well. So, you know, uh, perhaps this is a team that, that comes here with not a lot of hoopla, but they have their 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 their, their core group that likes them. And then when they succeed on the field, then maybe they kind of cross over. But again, I mean, I was really surprised at the number of people that came out. Arash, when you talked about Kobe Bryant, it just kind of resonated with me that are the Chargers trying to ally with the Dodgers, Lakers, Kings side of things rather than going to the other side, the Clippers, the Angels, and the Ducks? I mean, I think that would be the, the, the goal. That's the uh, A side. You know, the A side is the Lakers and the Dodgers and the Kings and whatever. And, like, the other side is the Clippers and the Angels and the Ducks. So, yeah, I mean, that's the goal. And I, I think with a guy like Josh in there, I, I think he gets that. And I think he might, you know, say, you know, get Kobe Bryant out to practice, get a Dodger out to practice, or get, you know, like have them come to games. And I think he knows, you know, I'll be really I'm interested this season, you know, who's in those suites, who's, uh, like, on the field. I mean, I think that they will make a push to make it as Los Angeles as they possibly can from a sports perspective and from a Hollywood perspective. And so, listen, at the end of the day, you have to win, but I think they get, 
um, who you have to align yourself with. And so I think that's very important. Well, they had a rush out there, and there's nothing more L.A. than having a rush. I went to Burkazi. both teams. That's a win. I know you did. Arash Burkazi, ESPN, with us. Arash, okay, so let's talk about the Rams. The Rams were, was it 49 years they were in L.A. before they went to St. Louis? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so 49 years they return. It falls flat as a lead balloon by the end of the season. What was their training camp like when you were out there yesterday? So, I, mean, I think the turnout was about the same this Setup is different where, you know, with the Chargers, the, the fans can only watch on one side, whereas the uh, with the Rams, you know, you could basically, there's like a 360 degree, I mean, you could basically walk around. And so, I mean, it, it was a similar crowd, I think. You know, what I've always said about the Rams is this. I mean, they were gone for 21 years. That's an entire generation of fans. So it was really hard. So I think the fans that they that, that were here were upset that they left, and then they left an entire generation behind. So, yes, they were here for a long time, but it's really hard to have that kind of that fan base stick here. The, the other thing is they were so bad last season. I mean, they, they weren't just like – not good. I mean, they didn't score touchdowns. I personally went to two games that they won, so that that should be good. They didn't score a touchdown in those two games that they won, which is really <laughs> incredible. So they were not an exciting team. They were not a good team. And I'll give the Chargers this. Not going to the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl was a stroke of genius because it was a it was just a hassle going to the Coliseum. It's, it's, it's an old facility. There's not a lot to do there. There's, there's like just the game. So with the Chargers, it's like they're going to pack that place. There's like a craft beer garden. There's like nice food there. You can park food trucks there. I mean, I think it'll be a fun place to go watch a game. Whereas with the Coliseum, it's like, why deal with all that for a team that's just not that good? Hey, Arash, I saw some of your tweets yesterday, and you took pictures of the signs. It was the fight for Costa Mesa, fight for Orange County, and their whole theme has been fight for L.A. Do the Chargers need to change their messaging or change that brand or the the slogan that they're going with? I think so. I mean, it might be too late to do it. Or or maybe you could leave it behind a training camp. And then once the season starts, like, let's just fight for wins. Let's fight for a playoff spot. Let's fight to be a, a good team. But the whole fight thing, it's just, I, I, I don't agree with that slogan. I am a fight fan. I love UFC. I love boxing. But it's just... I just, I just think you should come into the market and succeed and do smart things, which really they have done from the Kobe Bryant thing to really coming out to the community. Like, just do stuff like that. You don't have to tell me that you're fighting for Los Angeles. I do think it's just as someone who lives in Los Angeles and doesn't consider Costa Mesa part of Los Angeles, doesn't consider a Orange County part of Los Angeles, it was just funny to see the juxtaposition of those signs. You know, fight for L.A., fight for Costa Mesa, fight for Orange County. It's like, well, you can't fight for everything. And I know, and I feel for the people of San Diego because I, I, I put that up there. They're like, well, they're fighting for everyone <laughs> but San Diego, which is true. So, listen, I, I think that you just come here put a good product on the field, and you'll win people over that way. There was actually a sign that said not fighting for San Diego. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one, Arash. It was actually towards the back uh, of the East that. End Zone. No, Arash, I, I, I do want to ask you, how important is it to have a head coach that can garner attention or that is really great in front of the media? Take Anthony Lynn, for example. In a market the size of Los Angeles, how important is a head coach, or does it just all come back to winning, entertainment, glamour, and so on? 
No, it's important, and that's why I think Anthony Lynn's important, although I don't know him as well. But I think Philip Rivers is going to be so key in this kind of who is the city going to get behind. Because when he comes on television, and as you guys know, when he's on the radio, it is hard not to be engulfed in what he's saying. He wins you over. The Rams don't have a single player like that. They don't have a single player who's that charismatic, who's that engaging, and who's, quite frankly, a superstar. So... I think that's going to be really important where, you know, if you if you want to have a guy on a talk show, if you want to have a guy do the Tonight Show or things like that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, he's a guy who can go in there and it's like he's genuine. He's real. Whereas the Rams don't have that. So I think that that's one kind of situation where the Chargers can kind of lean on him and say, listen, I know you don't want to wake up and do this talk show in the morning. I know you don't want to go to the Tonight Show or whatnot, but you are our one guy. You are the one guy who can do that for us. And I, I think when I look at the, these these two teams, not only are, are the Chargers the superior team, but they have that superstar charismatic guy like that. Aras, thanks for the time, buddy. We appreciate it. I'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. There's Arash Markazi, ESPN. Coming up, Big Ben was contemplating, apparently, not coming back. He's going to go year to year now. CTE, Rob Ninkovich, retired yesterday. John Urschel, Baltimore Ravens, retired early. All of it points back to CTE. But why this is ridiculous. And Judson and I are going to give our AFC East division preview next on Extra. Who really has the best package for Kyrie Irving? Boston, Minnesota, Phoenix. Matt Barnes stops by on the couch. NBA champ Peter King from Raiders camp. Bill Romanowski here as well. We get going in the herd at 9 after Hardwick and Richards on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. Yeah, football season is among us. Did Colin Coward, by the way, just say Kyrie Irving has the best package in the NBA? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what. Or who's I offering Kyrie Irving the best package? Can you think a trade package? package? Yeah. A trade package. It's all a trade package. Yes. Yeah, got it. <laughs> AFC East. Got to be one of the easiest divisions to pick in football. I think the hard part about the AFC East is picking who's going to fall in number two. Right. Because they're kind of close in number two. Patriots in the field. That's it. You know the Patriots are going to win. As long as Tom Brady stays healthy. No more Rob Ninkovich. But we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, we will get to that. Yeah, talking about CTEs, Rob Ninkovich, John Urschel retired from the Baltimore Ravens, and Big Ben contemplated it going into this offseason, and he's still thinking about it heading into training camp. I got a little insight into where Big Ben's head is at, both at the end of a season and at the start of a football season. Not an easy place for Big Ben, but this won't be his last season. I'll tell you why. What do you like about this AFC East? I like um, I like Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> One of the bright young minds in all of football, Adam Gase. Actually, Adam Gase gets a lot of credit. Well, Nick, they won 10 games last year. Didn't, didn't the Miami Dolphins win 10 games last year? I believe that's right. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to look to make sure. But Adam Gay showed yeah, up. Don't be blowing smoke. Yeah, you went 14 and two. Patriots overrated. Dolphins overrated. go 10 and six. Bills go seven and nine. I can't believe the Jets won, went five and eleven. By the way, every every uh, every draft board already has the Jets with the number one overall pick. How do you feel when you're the Jets when people already are telling you you're taking Josh Allen out of Wyoming because you have the number one overall pick? You're you're. It's, You're it's decided that you suck more than anybody else. You're mad. Football is the sport, though, where nobody tanks. You can't tank. It's an anti-tanking league. You can definitely tank. You can't. There's not really built-in ways to tank. Sure you can. How? You can shelf players. Well, you, 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 can, you can put you can't, guys. You can't shelf players. You, see it, we, you sit guys out. Why don't, why don't, no, you look a little banged no. up. We don't want to rush you out there. No, that the, doesn't. Al- although your ankle injury is healed, we're not going to put you back on the field. Highly uncommon. We care about you. Highly, highly you uncommon. You can do it. It's highly uncommon. You can do not it. Not to mention, these coaches, they don't want it. They're not trying to tank. I don't care if the organization is telling me you go out there and lose as many games as possible. If you're Todd Bowles, you're going, screw you, dude. You're going to fire me. I'm going to win as many games as possible because I need another job. That's the same thing the players are saying, and that's why football is so beautiful. It's the anti-tanking league. Basketball, you can tank. Guys just sit out games. Baseball, you can tank, and I've been saying the Padres are very politely tanking, but I'm wrong because they're winning games. They're closing in on 500 now. Doesn't mean that they're happy about it. I bet the... the, Because to your scenario, Andy Green has got job security. Whether they finish... 30 games under 500 or 25 games under 500. Andy Green has got job security. Yes. But football's different. It is different. Football's just a different piece. Jets are going to finish bottom of the barrel here. You know who I think is going to be a real surprise? The Bills. They were what, 7 and 9 last oh, year? Oh, here we go. Take Tyrod. Would you buy Tyrod Taylor dinner already? No, 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 no. Your love affair. I love Tyrod. I like Tyrod. I like the run game. Oh, and you like. I do like the run game. I think they're getting their center back, Eric Wood, this year, who missed all last year. Very good player. But I like Sean McDermott. Yes. I like the defensive coordinator. They've completely gone opposite. That's what happens when you fire a coach in the NFL is you usually go, that didn't work. Let's go completely opposite of that. Rex Ryan, Sean McDermott, completely physically different human beings. They seem methodically different human beings. And I think he's going to be a great change of pace for the Bills. I'm taking a shot in the dark here, but you would take Tyrod Taylor over Ryan Tannehill, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. You definitely would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would. That's why I'm picking him and picking the Bills ahead of the Dolphins here. This is a make or break year for Tannehill. Either he's going to be the guy or he's not. Yeah, is I don't he know if he's going to make or break because, like, a lot of times the quarterback position is the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. It's like the Redskins. It's like, ah, we, we, we don't think we don't think that Cousins is a long-term quarterback, but we got to franchise him because we don't know who else to use. And they don't have anybody else right now to use it. Right. they got to trust their instincts, by the way. If he's not the guy, if he's not the guy and you know it, he ain't the dude. Get rid of him. So how do you turn the page or on franchise him like until that? you can find somebody how else? Do you turn the page? Do you so you just trade Tannehill and try to move up with draft picks? Is that what you do when you turn the page on a quarterback? Possibly. It's tough to get out of, and the Chargers are going through it right now. It's tough to get out of when you have a franchise quarterback and being prepared for the future. It's very comforting knowing how a guy approaches his work, knowing you've got a professional behind the scenes who's going to manage the game, who's going to be able to manage the media, and you know what you're getting out of him. That's really difficult to switch over, but do what the Chiefs did. Trade up, get a Patrick Mahomes. Apparently he looked phenomenal. Phenomenal quotes 
seriously quoted by his OC yesterday in the two-minute drill, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how we got to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> okay, so shockingly, you and I are in agreement. The Patriots win the AFC. <laughs> Big shocker there. Huge. We, a lot of people just drove off the road. Now let's take it a step further. Predict the record of the Patriots. 14-2. and two. No, 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 no. I put locked my in, name. Locked in, locked no, in. no, no, no. I put, no. Remember, I put my name on sixteen and zero. That's true. Oh, you did. They go perfect season. I'm going fifteen and one. They and they're the going to be thankful for the loss. They're going to be thankful. It's going to recalibrate them, get them set up before the playoffs. You don't want to be undefeated going into the playoffs. The pressure just keeps building. You want to get knocked down. You want to get put in your place. Sixteen and zero. Got to get put in your place, man. Patriots run the table. I feel very confident about that. I mean, fourteen and two and sixteen and zero. It's close. Why is it such a real thing this year? People are actually asking these players if they're going to go undefeated. Why is this year any different than other years? Because they won 14 games and the Super Bowl and last year. And Tom Brady didn't start a quarterback for the first four games last year. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I do remember yeah. that Tom now. Brady actually did go undefeated. Did he lose one or did he go undefeated last year? I think he won I think or he lost, lost one. He lost one game. Okay, They so did lose one. It's not a far-fetched question at all. Yes. All right. So speaking of the Patriots, Rob Ninkovich retired when he came to training camp. And everyone wants to tie that to CT. And everyone wants to tie John Urschel, the center from Baltimore, backup center, who also retired. He's an MIT doctoral candidate in math. And Big Ben came in with some comments about he read the CTE study. He may have it already because everybody else in the world knows that 99% of NFL players have CT. Big Ben's like, wasn't it like 90% or something like that? Here's Big Ben. Big Ben, after a long, hard season, he's taken a physical pounding throughout his career. Long, hard season. Every year at the end of the year, he's like, my God, that was a lot of work. I am sore. I'm hurting. I'm concerned for my future. Then he slowly warms up and he's like, you know what? I miss it. I love football. I love it. I've been in the same shoes as Big Ben. Then he shows up to training camp, and the struggle is not his long-term health. The struggle really for Big Ben is taking off dad-husband mask and putting on football warrior mask. And there's this imaginary threshold that Big Ben has to cross through mentally before he's all in. And when he's all in, he's going to be fully committed. This won't be his last year going through this same song and dance. In your last training camp, were you out there stretching day one, day two, going, yeah. No. You were into it. Into it. Yeah. Yeah. Once you cross that line, you're in. You got to be in. Because don't you think there's a number of players right now that are that have that contemplated retirement that have started to ease off a little bit? Again, it's such a such a mental grind, especially physically with what you're going to put your body into, that you feel like it would be once you consider it, it'd be tough to get out. It's those fighters that got to get punched in the face to get all into a fight. It's the same thing. You got to go. You got to get smacked around, and then you're going to have that moment in your head where you're like, "I'm either going to fight or I'm going to get hurt." And that's when the decision's made, if it's not made before you show up to training camp. And there's that that drive into training camp, brutally, brutally hard. All right, coming up, we got an update on Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. He's part of That's Ridiculous. It's Carson Hartman coming up on the show this afternoon. It is the trade deadline in baseball. And how did day one go for that team up in L.A. not name the Rams in training camp? We're going to let you know at 3 on Exit 1360, Fox Sports, San Diego. 
It's time for Hardwick and Richards to call out all those people who do something so crazy. I would never wear a big baller shirt. So out of line. Oh my. So embarrassing. I got no problem recommending musicals. All you can say is, that's ridiculous. Also, for that's ridiculous, feel free to jump in at Hardwin and Judson 1360-570-1360. Anything ridiculous you felt like unfolded this weekend, we'd like to hear about it. By the way, coming up at 8 o'clock, Colin Cowherd said something that angered the Carolina Panthers. We'll debate that coming up about what Colin said. And at 8.15, Dan Wyke the LA Times. Is Mike Williams, Chargers wide receiver, lost for the season? And did Adam Schefter, in fact, misquote him? So we'll talk to Dan coming up at age 15. All right, Judd, you know I love talking a little quarterback center exchange. It's one of the great things in all of football. Not really. It is the one thing they harp on you at the beginning of training camp. The rules are take care of the ball, take care of the ball, take care of the ball. And it all starts with a center quarterback exchange. Mitch Trubisky. The guy that the Bears sold the farm for to the 49ers. He had three out of his six first reps in training camp yesterday were, were missed snaps dropped on the ground. Three of his first six. Although I don't want to say though, I do not want to say this is ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that everybody's making a huge deal out of this. Oh, you flipped it on me. There. I do. I think it's ridiculous that everybody's making a big deal out of this. Wow. Wait, number two overall. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous that people are making a big deal out of it. Yeah, it is. First day of training camp. Number Pat- two overall. Yeah, number two overall. What do you expect him to be perfect? What kind of relationships he like got with the center? He can hold the football. This is one of the trickiest things. Drew Brees and I, when I first got to the team, we had nightmares snapping the football. Nightmares. I, I had it got to the point where every time we dropped a snap, we both had to pay fifty dollars into the coffers. This was it was because it was an issue. We had a pool of money. It's like Buddy Stevens had to do push-ups every time he cusses. Worst push-ups in the world. Yeah, those are bad push-ups. Last chance, you highly recommend. It's not because he wasn't a cusser. It's because we had problems snapping. We had to pay money. They had to do something to get us to stop. Something that hurt us. What hurts you? Your pocketbook hurts you. Don't lose me here. But what's so difficult about it? That's kind of from the guy watching on the couch. You're handing somebody something between your legs. There's just a lot of moving parts there. And no pun intended. Seriously, there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts. It's every guy is different. So Philip would always describe us as different types of cars. Like Scott Birchkowski was an old cutlass. He was like a <laughs> he was a gentle ride. He was smooth. Yeah. He was easy. His butt was high. I had a really low butt. Because I sat down real low because mm-hmm. I was small and I wanted to protect myself. So I sat down low. Low center of gravity. Yes. Put that butt down a little bit, have my head up, and Drew had fits with it. He, he didn't have the biggest hands ever, but we had a difficult time with it. There's just so much going on. What kind of car were how, you? How am I going to step? I was a, I was more like a Mustang or a Camaro. Okay. Somebody yeah. sat low to the ground. Yeah. Some a little but faster. Some get off. I brought it up fast. I brought the ball up really fast where Scott would bring it up and kind of hand it to you. And his game just was slightly different. Withrow was an easy snap to get. I was just a harder snap to get. So maybe a center was giving him some problems. Well, my ridiculous also comes from a quarterback as well. And maybe you tell me this shouldn't the there there shouldn't be as much mood news is made about this. Blake Bortles threw five interceptions, I believe, in the first day of camp. 
Blake threw five, and to me, I don't know if this is Ouch. like your quarterback center exchange, Ugh. but that that is a terrible sign because aren't the first early days very, very simple, simple offensive breakdowns as you're as you're leading up to it. True. I will say this. Philip threw a couple interceptions yesterday when they were doing There goes the season. That's when they were ridiculous. doing one on ones. When they're doing one-on-ones. And part of it is that it's just a little bit easier to play on the defensive side of the ball in that position when you're doing one-on-ones. You know what's coming. You can guard them closely. And the guys are still working on their moves, still getting off of the defender, putting his hands on. But I wonder if Blake's came in the team period. Because if they came in the team period when there's a lot of moving parts, he's a high interception guy anyway. He had a really bad fallout season. I'd worry about Blake Bortles his confidence levels at this point after a five interception day. My God, man, imagine tell the defense he's back a little bit, a five interception. No, you can't. I, you can't dude. You can't You just worried about his confidence. Uh, You can't. The Jags go as Blake Bortles goes. You can't, you can't be afraid to get under center. There's now he's afraid to take the practice field. There's no way you can say, guys, take it easy on Blake. A little bit. Drop him. You can't stone hands. You can't. Just let it flutter off your fingertips. You're either going to get tough, you're going to get better, or you're going to get out of the league. How much will the team let him know about that he threw the five picks? Don't you think the defense would be celebrating being so good against him? Oh, yes. I'm sure they were. So in the team room today. What if they just felt bad for him and they catch it and they just stand there like. (laughs) (sighs) Another one. They just like threw the the ball back over to the wide receiver. (laughs) There you go, dude. Take the ball. (laughs) Is that a lonely day in the the team room? Yeah. You're like another home run. No kidding. Yeah. There's your ball. Have your ball back. How about this? having some long drives into work. (laughs) He's got a lot of contemplating to do. He's like a poor man's big Ben. (laughs) He's contemplating really for, poor. He's con- <laughs> with no rings. He's contemplating for the wrong reasons. All right. How about this one? After the fight, John Bones Jones called out Brock Lesnar for a potential fight. Now, this thing, that's ridiculous. And ridiculously awesome. You think so? Heck yes. 265 against really about 220 on fight night, John Jones. Brock Lesnar, though, he's 40 years old. He's 40. But Jones has I'm to a make man. a certain Jones has to make a certain weight class, doesn't he? You can't just I'm a man. you can't just sign something. He can't. They can make. I'm sure they can make a super fight. Or do you think the Nevada Gaming Commission's got to sign about. off on something? Right. I'm sure John Jones could be up above 225 or 230 if he needed to be. I'm sure he could do it. He cuts down a lot, but fight night he's like 217, 218. So that's 13 to 14 pounds above in one day. That's water weight. Now, if he just shows up naturally and doesn't cut, this would be an awesome fight. This would be an awesome fight. And speaking of fight, I have to get this one in. Shoot to cure Friday night. Shout out to extra, Team Extra 1360. <laughs> Got to the Elite Eight for the first time. But Chris Dealman was there. Now, Chris Dealman has two sons, seven and five. Yep. And I don't know how this transpired. But there was a wrestling match going on. Between epic proportions. Epic between one five-year-old Hudson Hardwick and the two Dealman boys. This was Hardwick versus Dealman. Now, I'll, I'll give uh, what, what's Dealman's seven-year-old's name? Reed. Reed. He was cognizant of it was two versus one. Yeah, and he know he knows he's bigger. But Hudson was holding his own. I mean, this was and Mrs. Dealman was filming it. This was, this was, this got real now. She was filming it? She was filming it. I need some copies. (laughs) I need some footage of this. 
I, I mean, I, it I gotta, was on. I got to have the footage. You know what's funny? I got asked by Krasovic yesterday, and I've been getting asked about this CTE thing because I think it's just one little piece of why guys have dramatic downfalls. I think it's just a portion of it. And maybe later in life, sure, I'll, I'll regret what I'm saying now. Maybe at 75, 80. Wouldn't be the first time. Who knows what's going to happen. But I see all these people from the outside trying to affect the sport of football, trying to dethrone it, trying to tear it down. But I watch my boys and Dealman's boys wrestling like little lion's cubs in a patch of grass at a charity event. (laughs) Right. And I think, you wonder why their dads turned out to be football players? That's what we did our entire childhood. My kids yesterday, all they want to do is go outside and wrestle one another. It's like, come outside and wrestle me. That's just how they get their thrills don't try to stop football players from getting their thrills if it ain't your thing it ain't your thing or as like lavar ball says if it ain't your thing stay in your lane oh how, how would you match up against uh, chris right now chris is chris is in incredible shape he looks great right now he Denny. does look good i know yeah. fired up i was for like him. when are the fathers gonna do this thing let's go we used to wrestle. We'll change his charity event we used to wrestle I believe it was it. a lot of fun he doesn't know the game though he doesn't know the wrestling that's not his sport. I hope he's not listening. He's a big mountain of a man, and he was always just country, country <laughs> strong. Hey, Colin Cowherd said this about Cam Newton, basically calling him a lazy quarterback. That style of quarterback play is lazy. Do you agree with Colin Cowherd? 570-1360 is Cam Newton's style of quarterback play lazy. Next on Extra. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.